The following podcast may contain some adult language. You've been warned. Those of you who got an invite, welcome to Nerd Prime. <laughs> no matter where in the world you are, we're all Nerds International. With the hyphen. Welcome to Finding the Nerd. Stuff to edit. Stuff to edit. Oh, sorry. Sweet. Keep going, man. <laughs> Welcome to Finding the Narrative, a Genesis RPG podcast. This is a show dedicated to the Genesis role-playing system from Fantasy Flight Games, a show in which we, your hosts, discuss all things Genesis from both the player's and a GM's perspective. I am Tony Fanning, and with me, as always, is my good friend and co-host, Chris Holmes. How are you doing, homie? Dude, I'm doing great. I am doing great. We got our we got our buddies here, um, Jamie and Stefan from mm-hmm. the RPG Couple Brewery, of them. gonna join us tonight. I'm gonna leave what Couple. Jamie just said, edit it in. <laughs> I'm not gonna edit Good. it out. <laughs> uh, oh wait, I'm on the show, so you, you you have you have that warning in the front end of the show, right? Because I'm on the oh, show yeah. today. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fucking watch A out. right then. That's right. Watch All out, right. kids, <laughs> if you're watching. It. All right. So yeah. Cheers, fellas. Hey. Oh, cheers. cheers. Yes. Cheers to you guys. Oh, by the way, Chris. Yeah. I saw that somebody made uh, fireball popsicles. Carry on. What? <laughs> All right. Rock on. Con and the cob. There, baby. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> fireball popsicles. That rocks. There's. Is it going to be on me to keep things on track tonight? Yep, might be. All right. Depends all right. how depends how drunk you get. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say I'm only one beer in. I could very quickly change that. Well, there we go. Well, we don't have any. We don't have any. N- no new news as of you know tonight, Sunday night, which is a bummer because I wish they would have. Wish they would have said something about their next setting. That would have been nice, but it's all right. We're still. I'm still absorbing and enjoying Tiranoth, So. I think they're gearing up over there for their Star Wars Worlds coming in a couple weeks. Um, for all their Star Wars competitive games, X-Wing, Armada, Destiny, oh, yeah. that's in a couple weeks. And I think they're gearing up for all of that. And so we won't hear any uh, Terranoth or Android or whatever else they decide to do news until probably after that's over with. Tack house. I'm wondering yeah. and, and hoping that... Um, there will have. I mean, we all pretty much figured that uh, Android's going to be the next setting, right? I think, mm-hmm. uh, Tony. I think on your last episode, you said that um, that was actually announced in the in-flight or whatever last year. Yes, at Gen Con. Yeah. So I'm wondering and thinking that maybe in August we'll see that, or do you think that'll be too soon for Gen Con release? They're always like two quarters out when they announce things, so I could I could see them announcing it now and maybe releasing it right after Gen Con, but having pre-release copies at Gen Con. They've done that before. Um, That'll be cool. Mm -hmm. So it actually doesn't come out until September for everyone else, but at Gen Con, they'll have small amount for sale. They've done that with a lot of their products. What about supplements like, um, uh, say, adversary decks or GM screens or something like that? Because I think that's that's something that's on the wish list for a lot of us, for Terranoth especially. So, I mean, they don't usually announce that stuff way in advance, right? They just kind of say, hey, it's out or... 
They yeah, say, hey, screen, it's coming, uh, and it's usually about a month away. It's not very far. Well, when they so announced we'll the adversary that. decks, uh, when they announced the adversary decks, that was usually like they'd give an announcement, and then they were released a few weeks later. Oh, that's when cool. they announced the GM screens, they announced them the day they were hit in the market. Um, oh. And I think, um, like, when they did the Genesis mat, uh, or the Star Wars uh, mat, the play mat, that mm-hmm. was announced the day it hit the market. So some of their accessories, I think they wait until, bam, it's, it's ready. Available. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I really hope that they do come out with those because, I mean, Chris, especially you seeing it too, and, and Tony, mm-hmm. those those adversary cards are just priceless. They are. Yeah. They're money. I mean, I you have, use them. Yeah, I mean, you can use them. Heck, you can even use them from Star Wars in a Genesis game because they're so close. Mm-hmm. Oh, you need a you need a black marketeer yeah. or whatever. You could just pull up yeah. some guy and get a soldier. A soldier of some kind, you know, yep. a stone trooper. There you go. Yep. I so, used them in my last night in my uh, Rise of the, or excuse me, my um, my Primeval Fool that I'm running. Um, I used one of the cards and I just reskinned it uh, as something else. Um, yeah. It, so. So let's see yeah, here. So before we go any further, Stefan hasn't been on the show before, and I wanted to ask him, nope. which we asked Jamie before, what was your first? Role-playing game. How did you, what my, did you first play? My very first role-playing game that I actually bought was the D&D Basic Red Box set. Oh, I'm with you there, so, dude. So I read up on that, tried to get a couple of friends going with that, bought some modules, but never got my friends really into it until this was like pre-internet. So then I went to the hobby store, <laughs> a little pegboard there, I wanted ads, <laughs> and looking for group there. And then... Cut my teeth basically on AD and D. These guys were actually playing AD. So my very first character was a ranger, and that's how I got into the into the drugs. Danny needs more. Give me my day when we played. Your race was your yeah. class. You had. You're playing D and D. Who showed you this? I learned it from watching you. <laughs> My kids can say so, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> AD&D, where elf and dwarf was a race, and bards you had to go through, being a fighter, a rogue, and a wizard. Then oh, that's through. right. That's right. Oh, that's right. Bard was the first prestige class. I remember that. Yeah. That's awesome. all of a sudden my my back hurts. All of a sudden, talking about <laughs> yeah, that. That's it. <laughs> Feeling old? Are you there, Jamie? <laughs> hey. Back when XP was, or you gained XP from the amount of gold you stole from people. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Stuff you killed and gold you loot. That's right. Absolutely. All right, Went man. from first to 30th level because I found a dead dragon. Yay. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> well, welcome, welcome to the show, Stuff, and Thank welcome you. back there, Jamie. So, Thank you. All right. So what do we got next? We got listener feedback, Tony. Yeah. We got, we got a letter it. from something from Michael, and I'm going to let you pronounce his last name. Sorry, Mike. I don't. I don't have Coalition. a clue. <laughs> Michael McCoolishan. If that's not how it's pronounced, fuck off. It's probably um, Michael McCoolishan. <laughs> no, actually, it's a Russian name. I did look up the roots because I wanted to try and learn how to pronounce it, but uh, Russian. Well, Irish not. to me. Yeah, yeah, sorry. It's Russian. I can't do it. <laughs> but uh, he wrote us a letter, uh, or excuse me, an email. It says hello. First off, I want to thank you for broadcasting your podcast. I really enjoy and appreciate the work you put into your show. Uh, please keep rolling on. We oh, plan yeah. on it, bud. Definitely. As long as we can stand it, we can stand each other, right, Tony? Well, I'm, so far I'm good. 
Well, we'll see after after Khan and the Cobb. After we share a room at Khan and the Cobb, we'll see. There might be up in the air after that. Then the honeymoon's over. Then the honeymoon's (laughs) over, and there's no. no. Which one of us gets the show and the divorce? Oh, never mind. All right. So, uh, (laughs) all right. With that, I have a resource for you. Uh, I moderate a paste bin containing links to various homebrew Genesis settings. I would imagine you will look into and review various settings at some point. And here is a great place to start. Uh, and he gives us a link, uh, and I'm horrible at reading links. Anybody good at that? That's okay. It's HTTPS no. colon backslash back forward slash forward slash pastebin.com slash 7KNE7KSV. It'll be in our show I'm gonna notes. Put it, I'm going to put it in our show notes. <laughs> Very good, Chris. I'll drink to that. Yay! Oh, me too. Yeah, I, I could have done. I could have done. You know, like echo. I can't even remember. What, yeah. What, what do you do for K and N? Yeah, I the military. Cat. Kite. Cat. Stupid. <laughs> I'm not gonna tell. <laughs> yeah, it's Kniggit. That's what it is. <laughs> okay, and he also says, "I'm aware of settings you have created, and would be happy to add them to the paste bin." If you provide me the links, if you have any questions, do let me know and have a great week. So, uh, Mike, thank you for sending us the message. We do plan on keeping our show going and thank you. We will look at some of your uh, settings that you've got up there that people put up, maybe have a show in the future about a few of those. Um, we do plan on getting, uh, some people on here to talk about their individual creations. Um, as uh, as they're make as they're making them, they're coming out. We find ones we really love. Yep. And uh, yes, when I finally do finish mine, you will you will see a link to it. So thank you very much. Yeah, thanks a lot, Mike. All right, so All right. that's our feedback. That is our feedback. All right, so let's get into the uh, the next section here. Uh, what was the name of our episode? You always forget. Well, what did you name it? Rounds of Tiernoth Round Table. So, we're the Knights of the Round Table, are we? No. Uh-huh. No. no, we're the Dorks of the Round knight. Table. The Nerds of the Round nerds. Table. Nerds, nerds yeah. of the Round Table. There we go. I don't think knight, we're not that virtuous. <laughs> Alrighty then. All right. All right, so we are now, so we're calling this next part the Book Club for Nerds. So this is our first book that we're, well, our second book, I guess, because we did review the Genesis book, um, which we're kind of continuing on doing. So we're just going to kind of open it up now to talk about Realms of Tiernoth and, I don't know, first impressions. I think it's beautiful. I think it's beautiful, and mine, at almost two weeks old, still smells brand new. <laughs> uh, it is. Oh, it's, shit, it's, it does. It's, it's an absolutely gorgeous book, dude. The mm-hmm. artwork, a lot of the artwork is taken also from, you know, like uh, Descent 2nd Edition, okay. um, the Rune Wars Miniatures game, and that kind of stuff. But it it's, it's beautiful. They did a great job. Oh, I love the layout. Yeah. Yeah, the layout's yeah. cool. Little silhouettes of uh, various characters that vary from page to page. Sometimes. Yep. The, the only complaint I have is I wish that the cover 
was white like the Genesis book because on my shelf it just <laughs> looks a little goofy. You know what I mean? Like too, it looks like a yeah. faded book compared to the Genesis book but, on the sitting side by side. But they want to make it look a bit more parchment like, so, so yeah, a little yeah. different. See, my shelf goes white for Edge of the Empire, red for Age of Rebellion, black for Force and Destiny, and then Genesis. So, well, <laughs> yeah, I have all my flowers on one shelf, and I had to put Genesis on, on the shelf below it. Nice. Yeah, yeah so. I, I was I was impressed with it as well. And as far as the breakdown, what we have are basically three main chapters. We have about forty pages of fluff for the system, or for the setting for the world, the setting history. Mm-hmm. They called Tales mm-hmm. of Darkness, um, and then about eighty pages of character options. They're called Call to Adventure, the stuff that they've made specific for um, Tiernoth here, and then the last, I don't know, probably one hundred and twenty pages of the Lands of Magic. They call it of the rest of the the world of um, Manara. <clears throat> yeah. Now, so out of curiosity, plenty of of material. I, I have not had a chance to read any of the uh, setting lore, chapter one yet, mm-hmm. and I'm very interested to read it because I really enjoy um, the Descent Journeys in the Dark board game. Chris, I think you said you read it, right? I did, yep. I went through it pretty much yesterday. I read through it, and um, yeah, I read pretty it. interesting. How is it? Uh, I like is it. Is it good? I like it. I think it's pretty good. It pulls in... You know, there's they go into like the three darknesses and they split up. You know, kind of yeah. how how the kingdoms were built and they go through the what is it like 1700 years of of like history of history. Yeah, where the elves came from, dwarves. Uh, it oh, really? That. Yeah. The conflicts between different realms, the barons. And, uh, yeah. The the bit of backstabbing where some people yeah. bring, you know, getting to power and stuff and so forth. Pulling in their Game of a couple of, stuff with that, yeah. Pretty yeah, cool. I gotta a say. A couple of pages written as if it's from a scholar from the uh, sort of Al-Khalim yeah, that was one thing. country, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the things I just love about this entire section is the stained glass look of all of the art tells, you know, how back in... In the back in the day, they would have stained glass that told stories in these yeah. giant cathedrals and everything. Yep. And the art in this section of the book does that. The, the oh, stained yeah, glass, it, does, huh? it is, is beautiful. Yeah. And I love the way it, it – it, it, like the main – like I mean when I get into talking about what my favorite uh, pieces of art in the book – Well, let's do that because opening, that's that, what you just said there is my first first on my list, the stained glass window yeah. art all throughout the first chapter. So yeah, yeah, what, did, what the, did you like there, Tony? The, this is probably tied for number, like number one as far as art pieces. The on page, oh, yeah. full double page. Uh, oh page gosh, I can't. Uh, it's page twenty-two and twenty-three. The big two-panel stained glass, uh, right. discussing oh, yes. the various ages of. It just it shows all the various ages of um, of Manara, and it is beautiful. Mm-hmm. I can just imagine walking into a, you know, my character walking into a a cathedral, somewhere in in Tiernoth, and just seeing this story and these stained glass windows, you know, in mm-hmm. like, I don't know, it's pretty well, cool. Well, the place like Grey Haven, where it's supposed to be all the academies of yes. magic and history, that could be yes, easily absolutely seen there. Absolutely, yeah. That's a great piece. What else? What other, are there any other pieces that you guys liked? I have a few here that I really enjoyed. 
I have one. I'll I'll go into my other one that I absolutely loved, and that is uh, it's a it's one of the just the setting primer kind of opening in the very beginning of the book where they don't even I mean I don't even know if they have page numbers on them yet by then, but it's um, the magic one. Magic is precious, mm. and <laughs> it's uh, precious to me. You have to st- do the it's, voice. It, it's got the green golems in the background and a red robe mage sitting at his desk and all the implements of our it reminds me of Raceland Majir. Oh my god. And the you're old right. painting by I believe it's Keith Parkinson or Jeff Easley. This old mm-hmm. painting of him sitting white haired at his desk and all the stuff around it. That was one of those paintings that just made you want to play in that setting. Yep. And this is one of those. It just makes you want to play in that setting and yep. be a wizard. And he's got those two rune golems at the door, oh, yeah. just protecting. Right. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah that very is pretty cool. cool. Yeah, wow. I don't even know what page that's at, but um, it's what towards the beginning, uh, like page eleven. Room? Looks like it's like page eleven. Yeah. Yeah, the page numbers aren't there because all the illustrations yeah. are at the bottom. But what I liked in the back of the book, the third section. At the beginning of each, because they kind of separate the different, they go into the different lands. You know, they have Tiernoth, um, and they have, um, what is it, Al, Al Kalim, um, the Rue Steps, the, the Torn Albes, um, Lormar. Um, at the beginning of each one of those sections, they have like a landscape of that area, which basically pulls you in. Oh, this is what this looks like. And I think they did a really mm-hmm. good job on those. Oh, okay. Yeah, I see what, you know you're, what you're saying. Mean? Like the one for the Rue Steps is on page uh, two ten or two two oh eight and two oh nine. Sorry, mm-hmm. and that one just tells you. I mean, this is a demon infested nightmare of a place. Yeah. You look at it. Yep, it's the demon infested nightmare of a place. <laughs> you know what that looks like to me? What's that? The 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 overall look of that particular piece right there reminds me of a cross between. Um, like World of Warcraft, but or, are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, Oblivion. Mm-hmm. When you go into that other dimension or whatever it is in, Boliv- in Oblivion. Oh, that's yes, cool. I know what you're talking about. Yes, uh, when you go through the gates. Yeah, yeah. Yes, can't remember the name of it, but yes, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And for me personally, I like all the individual character pieces. Um. Like the the rune wizard on page. Uh, let me find it real quick. I, I wish I remembered his name. It's uh, I can't remember his name from from one of the look, games. It's from Descent. From Descent. Second edition. Yeah. Because I haven't played any. You of talking those. about on page seventy one? No, I don't think. Well, maybe. I had it up, and Isn't then you guys curious? started calling out page numbers. Oh, oh no! Like a necromancer. <laughs> <laughs> He's awesome oh, looking. I'll, I'll find, find it. it. I'll, I'll, yeah, okay. you guys carry on. How about you, Steph? How about you, Stephen? You got one? I like all the illustrations. They're, they're, they all have something. Like I said, the mm-hmm. the beginning, they keep the stained glass thing to, to show right. history. That's cool. All right. And then more, more portrait-like or paintings mm-hmm. with the various characters, races, and then various illustrations at the beginning of sections just to illustrate you know, a little bit more of what the land might look like. The Molten Heath, which is yeah. just a wasteland. Uh, and you know, a couple of illustrations of critters, of course. you know, The, the Mistlands, very, very haunted, uh, a bit gothic, which is kind of cool. 
Sweet. That's page awesome. 117. 117 for your wizard. Yeah. Let's see. This oh, is the okay. rune wizard that's also in Descent. Oh, yeah, dude. Uh, in, the, in the base set. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. I wish <laughs> I remember his name, but I can't think, think of it right now. But there's something about that to me that just screams. I mean, obviously, he's got a rune hanging on a necklace or whatever. I mean, oh, but yeah. that just screams the rune wizard. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those were actually pretty cool pictures, too. The, yeah. where, where they have the portraits little pictures kind of, of portraits of the of the little runes and such. Those were pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, again, we go back to the layout of the book. If you look at any of the pages where they discuss, where there isn't a piece of art with a character specifically, you've got these little shadow paintings that are behind yeah. everything. Yeah, little little mm-hmm. silhouettes yeah. and corners. And mm-hmm. they're like on page one ten and one eleven, where there's this you know, yeah. knights on horseback chase it looks like going after a large demon or something and it's yeah just on a big worm mm-hmm. yep yeah, yeah. yeah. and th- i mean nice. all over in this book they've done things like that where there's just a Love feel of like you're looking at an old piece of parchment oh yeah mm-hmm. so here's a dude that i want to play page 231 bottom page of the page two. there's a freaking barbarian pirate dude Leaping off the ship <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> onto the <this> serpent. <laughs> it looks yep. like nice. I want to play that guy. Nice. I would do Very that. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Very that cool. That is such a cool piece. And of course, yep. and of course, on page one ninety two, my one of my my favorite one of my favorite baddies, the minions. And just mm. this picture tells you pretty much all you need to know about them. One dude has <laughs> one bolts. eye. Bolt cutters. They have the little, you know, they got a saw, and the one guy has a saw on his back, and this guy on the top just crawling over these guys, trying to get at you. <laughs> oh, there's another one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, there's another one. It's like kobolds. Yeah, mm-hmm. their kobolds are definitely very much like Pathfinder goblins yep. from what I was reading on them. <laughs> um, one more I have is 256, the Lost Continent. Okay. Um. Is it page 256? Yeah. I don't know. We're getting there. There is this uh, monkey... 255. 255. Oh, sorry. Yep, 255. There's this this monkey minotaur four-armed creature right. dude that's just <laughs> rampaging through the jungle. And yeah. I want stats for that sucker, but I don't think I, they had stacks, <laughs> stats. But, man, he looks badass. I want to totally throw those against... Throw him against yeah. a party. That's cool. He'd be mean. He would be mean. Yep. Yeah, and you know, nice. you've got your standard, you know, fantasy world tropes. You've got a desert empire, you've got an empire that's been taken over by demons, you've got a jungle empire, you've got islands that are filled with pirates and mm-hmm. and but icy wastes as well. Yes, yep. your icy wastes filled with barbarians and your elven forest filled with fey mm, creatures and whatnot. Yep. But all in all, I mean, it still has a different feel to it. Um, mm-hmm. That I, I love the world itself is 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 catchy. Mm-hmm. I, I like it. Yeah, it's drawn me in most definitely. Yeah. This art does a lot yeah. to, a lot to that too. Agreed. Mm-hmm. So, uh, anyone else have any other favorite art pieces they want to mention? No, it's, fan- it's fantasy flight, dude. They never disappoint when it comes to their oh, art department. No. No. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta admit, they de- they never do. Yeah, it's pretty it's awesome. Hard. I'd say, uh, I'd like to like talk about um, 
for instance, uh, like the talents or the character creation session and just like sure. what we think of various different things. Um, cause I have a few things I like to talk about that add to Genesis certain elements that, uh, weren't there before. Perfect. Um, so go for it. Like if we start off, I mean, in the career section, mm-hmm. you know, they did say in the Genesis book that you don't have to have anything more than just the basic human, and they prove it here. They're basic humans, yeah, beautiful, and then, and then they turn around and they give us multiple cultures of elves, multiple cultures yes. of dwarves. Yeah. I love it. Yep. I love the fact that we have multiple cultures instead of just – because I thought yeah. for sure when we Elf. got Genesis, we got that primer for Terranoth, that we were going to get five human archetypes. And I'm sorry, but for me – Humans are boring. I don't like playing in them, them in games. I like the other races. So, mm-hmm. to me, I, I like to see the other races fleshed out into these various different archetypes and cultures. And yep. it, it beautiful. I love it that they did yeah. that. Yeah, even the uh, orcs. You know, they have three types of orcs. Exactly. And, yeah, you know, your gnomes. You've got two different types of gnomes. Your cat folk, you got two different types. They're, okay, one's a half race, but still, they're... But still. Yeah. So, what do you and, think and, of the cat folk? I, for me, I have personally, players that are going to love them. Personally, for me, the anamorphic character races don't do anything. I don't know. I was just, eh. Doesn't they hit do it, it for, for me. some people, and I, I have at least yeah. one player that uh, we we made Terranoth characters after we played last night. Yeah. And she was just ecstatic that they have cat folk. So it's there for. People that love those kinds of things, which is pretty. No- Actually, what it, what is pretty cool though is this fleet of paw ability. Catfolk can perform a second maneuver without suffering strain. You still can't do more than two maneuvers in a turn, but can always do two. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, the the see the thing is to me when it comes to the uh, like the catfolk and stuff like that is I, I was the same way as you, Chris. Yeah. I was like. Hey, it's a jaguar head on a human body covered in hair. But uh, what really turned me on to playing those type of races, especially in a fantasy setting, was uh, EverQuest 2. Mm-hmm. And it, they had an EverQuest 1 also, but um, I played more EverQuest 2. But anyways, what, to, what does it to me for any race now is it's about the lore. So, oh, yeah, so long go. as there's good story and good reason for that race to be there, mm-hmm. I think it totally deserves to be there. Yeah, see, anytime I play Catfolk, if I've ever played one or I NPC, I NPC them a lot in various games. Uh, they show up in freaking D&D. They show up in the Tabaxi. They show up in Pathfinder and the Catfolk. Mm-hmm. They show, they're all over the place. They're always Kaijit to me. <laughs> So yeah, yeah. There, that that was the for me, Elder Scrolls, the Kaijit. Mm-hmm. That was the okay. This is a beautiful culture designed around cat people. I love that. So, I've always kind of ported that into every setting where people have cat folk. I'm like, oh, Kaijit will follow. Yeah, it's a very, <laughs> very like tribalistic feel, and mm-hmm. it, it. I don't know. I kind of dig them. They they had a, they had a, new, a cool race in Shantara as well, you know the Brinchi, which have a cool background as well, mm-hmm. which and you can customize the them. So if you if you want your animal your Brinchi to be more lion like or tiger like, it can be bulkier. Some can be more mm-hmm. alley cat like and stealthier. Yep. So this would be something cool you can customize too with the uh, cat folk. At one point when I opened cool. turned off, I wasn't as I wasn't as familiar with the 
descent or rune-bound setting yeah. or games. So I didn't know about the cat folk until I opened up the book. I was like, oh, cool. You can, so you can have a cat burglar. On the, yeah, literally. You can have a cat burglar. <laughs> plan. See, in the case... In the case of my character, or my player last night, she made a catfolk uh, archer, so yeah. she can always double aim for free. Yeah, <laughs> for free. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Nice. That's pretty and good, dude. For me personally, the biggest thing I like about these races is, like you're saying, Tony, um, the sub races or the subspecies. And what's so good about this, and, and me being one of the people, and I'm sure there's a lot of people that are going to do this is a lot of people were more curious about how am I going to do fantasy and Genesis as opposed to I want to play in Terranoth. So the subspecies and how they show how to represent those subspecies, again, yes, it's a setting book, but they also laid out a lot more framework. That's kind of what I was getting at, yes. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, personally, I'm trying to build um, a Middle-Earth thing that I'm doing on the side besides my um, my Hellgate. And so doing this gives me a, a ground to stand on when I'm doing the various cultures of Middle-earth. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're looking at do- different cultures of dwarves. You're looking at uh, different cultures of, of elves. Um, and, and, men. and men. Men, too. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. you got like three or four, at least three or four different ones in the One Ring there, yeah. Yeah, and then of course one one culture of hobbits, but yeah. you don't need any more. That's all you need. Oh, Just get your eleven Z's and you'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so moving into the career section, yeah. Um, uh, these, I love what they did with the beginning gear. Just yeah. that's one of the things good. I've always loved about the newer versions of D and D, where they just said. Here you go. You get your starting gear, and right. you could. And they say it's an option. You can go buy your gear and get specifically what you want, or yep. here, pow, you're good to go. Yeah, I love that um, because, like, again, like I said, uh, the quick character creation. This we went through last night. Four players making characters. We had characters for Terranoth completely made in an hour. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. And, and if you're familiar they're, with the, uh, the the point by system, then it's pretty, pretty fast. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. They're they're all they're all veteran Star Wars players, and they've been getting a taste of fantasy by playing your Primeval Fool ad- adaptation, Chris. Cool. And and so, I think I noticed one thing though that I think is a, uh, and I wanted to mention this. I got a little note here. Uh, mm-hmm. That is, what do you guys think? Because the Primalist on mm-hmm. page seventy one. If you look at um, the Primalist's gear that he gets, a staff or great axe and leather armor. We looked at that, and the player went, why would I want a 40 gold piece wooden stick over a great axe that's worth 300 gold? With armor. But even then, you start looking at it, I think they meant that to be a magic staff. Yeah, the, an implement the, because the, the mage gets a magic staff or the a mage, magic wand, a magic staff or magic. Yeah, I think this staff. I mean, is it an implement? The staff being an implement for the primalist to use? Mm, I think it's supposed to be. I don't know. That's just a guess. I made. I went ahead and ruled because the magic staff yeah. is worth like 
400 gold when you add up or 400 silver sorry um but when you add up what the the leather armor and the great axe is worth it's around 400 silver so i'm thinking that's probably what they meant i'm i'm thinking or or they meant a staff and armor or a great axe and and armor right so maybe that's a clarification maybe that's when jamie Jamie has some people on his show here soon. Maybe we ask for that clarification on that on that particular. Yes. <laughs> Email me because I'll forget. <laughs> we'll make a note uh, of it. No, I'll be watching. I'll just send the chat and send it in chat. Okay, <laughs> that works. <laughs> yeah, but I would have anybody? to assume that would be because it it's. I mean, they have the primal skill, so you know it, it's obviously a magic using class. So I I would think that you're probably right there. It's it. It should probably be an implement. Yeah, I mean, look, mm-hmm. you look at the all of the disciple. He gets a magic implement. The mage yeah. gets a magic implement. The primalist doesn't. I think that's supposed to be a magic staff. So yeah, I think so too. Yeah, think or so. the or the circlet, the druidic circlet kind of thing. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So, any of you have a favorite that you really like out of all these uh, careers, or something you want to? comment on i love the also the rune master comment on the side it, yeah the you have your side mage class but then you have you have a whole new class with the rune master off to the side there mm-hmm. yeah but and um, instead of taking arcana you would take runes as a career skill and then mm-hmm, you would have right. a lesser rune to start with as well so it's basically a mage but yeah um i, uh, I don't know go ahead there, Jim. Oh, for me, uh, I think once again, um, they just found a way to lay down more framework because mm. at least the way I interpret the rules in the Genesis School rulebook is the only thing a career does for you is you pick eight skills as career skills and period. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think once again, they did a good job by breaking it or, or I should say adding more depth to um, how to make your own career, so to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. and also, you know, the whole starting gear being part of the career. I like that. Right. Uh, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah that's pretty cool. Okay. Uh, well, uh, sorry, go ahead, Stefan. No, it just helps. I'd say maybe cut down on the time character creation. Just write down the equipment you want and just buy whatever else you need in the equipment section and go. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, it makes it kind of curious, too. Then I wonder if somebody really took the time and went through and did it, if they added up the value of each one of these, if it comes out to a relatively close number. Well, I don't know. I, I don't know how there was. There is something on the scout, though. You could pick a bow or a light spear and leather armor, and you also get leather armor. So you could start off with two sets of armor. I wonder if that was a typo there. Oh, that's interesting. You know what I mean? Well, you have your you have your Sunday armor. Don't forget that. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yeah. for, for it's got heat. all the holes in it. <laughs> I would suspect uh, that they could just get rid of the light arm, the and leather armor on that top, that top row, yeah. and you can either, you're either starting off with a bow or a light spear. Right. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. So the big section, the big cool oh. new section here that everybody was wondering about ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Heroic yeah, abilities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what do you guys think? 
read up on that a little while ago. That was one of the first things I read out on because that's one of the first things they teased us with. <laughs> yeah, these are pretty cool. These, these make them. Um, uh, yeah. I like them. I do. I like how they work. That's a good sure. selection. Yeah, a good selection of different ones to start with that at least maybe to inspire you if you find something that fits your character, but at least you have something to go off of. Yeah. Yep, and they even have advice on how to create one for mm-hmm. the GMs in here. If you don't like what's all here, yeah, you can create them. Mm-hmm. So I could definitely see some being taken a lot more than others as well. You know, signature mm-hmm. signature weapon will probably be a pretty um a pretty uh popular one, probably. Mm-hmm. And then for your yeah. face, you know, the connected, that's a really that's a really nice ability. Me, my personal favorite is got to be the Miraculous Recovery. I love that one. <laughs> Your yeah. character's injuries often turn out and be not as bad. You were just really, really wounded and all of a sudden, oh, not so bad. It's all good. Yeah. I'm good. Just brush it off. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's like perfect for a halfling. <laughs> yeah. like, I'm fine. What are you talking about? And I did, when I saw that, I immediately thought of Walter. From you guys, his, uh, <laughs> Rise of the Rune Lords, and him and fighting in those uh, those bushes where he kept getting stabbed with the thorns and almost died. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's not so bad. That's <laughs> yeah. just a scratch. It's all good. Well, the improved the improved version of this ability, if you do it right, character heals current wounds they are suffering. Holy crap, dude! Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you time that right, what? <laughs> then if you had a crit as well. If you have this at the supreme level, that goes away. Mm -hmm. Um, A crit they are suffering. Uh, Supreme level, you save it for when they roll the death crit. I'm fine. It's gone. No, (laughs) I'm not. I'm not suffering from the death crit anymore. I'm alive. They should have called that the. They should have called that the just kidding. <laughs> well, that's the ability that the uh, that's the ability that the uh, dwarves get too, right? Don't they get like tough as nails? Yeah, yeah, something yeah. like that. They can make a, yeah. a crit, they can reduce uh, a crit down to an O one. Yep. That's it. <laughs> so a dwarf with what was that managed health or whatever that was? Miraculous, Miraculous recovery. Miraculous recovery. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine. What are you guys talking about? You hit him once. You're missing an arm. No, I'm not. Look, it's just behind my back. <laughs> it's not that bad. It's still the Black Knight from Monty Python. No, it's just a, just a flesh wound. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Yeah, that one personally just had me. I loved it. I thought, That's well, I couldn't wait to play a character with that or at least have one in my game. Mm-hmm. And I like the way that they, they talk about how these things uh, get advanced over time. Uh, you can upgrade the them. Yeah, the upgrades, the uh, the uh, the origins, the coming out with just the the way you can make them unique to your character. I love that. Yeah, I love yeah. That. yeah. I mean, I like. I mean, this kind of reminds me of, and I know we all kind of done it where when we played that famous um, D Shift Seven D game where you're given like a magical item, and as you go up in level, more powers get unleashed that you could use and unlocked that's kind of what this feels like to me but it's your character you know as you go up in level you just unlock these these powers and and such in a different way it's kind of cool i had uh, i i'd done that a couple of times in my shine tower campaign you know guys have the magic items that for a long time where they came up with this sword that belonged to a knight 
who didn't yeah. have any errors, who was apparently a great leader. Well, if you keep unlocking or using it, maybe you'll be able to unlock these the same abilities. But you don't have it right now. It's like, right now it's a plus one sword with a great history. That's it. <laughs> nice. Yeah. yeah, that's good. In the uh, three, third and a half edition of that D-Shift 7D game, they had a book that had all kinds of weapons and items that did that. Yep. And um, that. And why not? That, yeah, I, I did use that book to create my own, and and it was fun. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. It does, it's just kind of reminiscent of that. It is. It is. So, on to skills. Skills and rules. Skills. Yes. So, first they give us an example of what a setting needs for knowledge is. It's not just one skill. It's four. Yep. <laughs> yep. So, I back love to that. what Chris and I have been saying all along, mm -hmm. three to five skills for your setting is perfect. Uh -huh. <laughs> and, um, and then they go into uh, the, the new magic skills. And give us an example. You know, how Stefan, you sent us in that question about psionics. Yeah. Well, uh, right here's how you do it, if you want yeah. to. If you want to, um, you take, I mean, all runes does is it's basically a trapping for your arcana. That's it. Yeah. So you need, you need these little stones to yeah. cast your spells. Yeah, basically. And all, all well, verses. That's, that's yes and no. Um you have to have those stones, but it's more than just trappings because the rune stones, them are some bad mamma jammas. Yeah, they are. Well, yeah, they definitely, even on their own, you know, they, they say anyone without even magical talent can use them to a certain effect. Yes. But but a rune master can mm -hmm. yeah, so unleash it, it's, more. It's way more than just trappings because I was looking through some of those stones and I was like, holy shnikes, dude. <laughs> I mean, they're they're like um, implements turned up to eleven, mm -hmm. yeah. pretty much. And you can only use a rune stone or an implement, a regular implement, not both. So, yeah. But if if you made it your still. quest, and your GM worked with you on this, that you can travel the world and find some of these rare stones, mm -hmm. yeah. dude. You're just sitting there juggling three different stones, going, "You're dead." <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> You know? <laughs> yeah, so instead of using your staff as an implement, you would use this you would use the rune runestone rune as yeah. an implement, which you can even put into your staff and use one or the other, yeah. you know, the abilities for one or the other probably. I would uh, think. I believe I read that even a wizard priest or other spellcasting class can use a runestone as an implement. But right. they'll just have to put aside their holy icon or staff and use right. the rune. But gotcha. Because it's still pretty badass anyway. So. Yeah, the things that a rune caster can do with runes are unbelievable. I did see that. But I, I mean, kind of like, I guess I was more talking about verse, how verse, uh, it, oh, yeah. it basically adds a trapping to an existing magic skill. Mm -hmm. It almost does. It, it tells, it doesn't, I don't know, does it anywhere in the book? Oh, here it is. Uh, it may draw even from the same sources as arcane, divine, or primal magic, depending depending on store storytelling and performing mm -hmm. tradition of the character. But so page, essentially, but on page um, one fifteen, the magic of Monero, where it says magic skills and actions, verse mm -hmm. you can't use the attack action when you're doing right, verse. That's right. 
as much That's as you cool would like, it too. as much as you would like your liar to shoot lightning bolts at somebody out of your liar or out of your loot or whatever, you won't be able to. <laughs> <laughs> what about a sonic uh, lightning bolt? There goes my uh, electric guitar idea. Yeah. Well, you know what I'm thinking of? I'm thinking of Mad Max Fury Road and that dude on the freaking on the, on the freaking uh, yeah. bungee cords. Which a... <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, and, but it, it gives those who want to have a new magic source. First of all, we wondered how they were going to do bards in the game. Now we know. Uh, but yep. um, it gives you, if you want to do something like having a separate skill for your for psionics, like Stefan asked us, yeah. you can do it, and it shows yeah. you a, a, a frame on how to do it. Yeah, here's here's how it's done. Sets I love nice, that. Sets a nice uh, precedent for that. Yep. You know, absolutely. Talk talking about these magic skills. Uh, curiosity here, because I was looking at this earlier and I didn't have enough time to really dissect it. But yeah. what's interesting to me, if you look at this chart on page uh, one fifteen. Mm-hmm. That shows the different magic skills and what magic actions they can do. Yeah. Arcana and Divine can do all but two, but Primal, Runes, and Verse can do all but three. Mm-hmm. Does that nope. seem a little bit nerfed to you guys? If, like, I mean, it, realistically, I mean, Primal, yeah, a good Runes uh, are nerfed. Uh, you mean in a little, in a little way? And there? Verse, and Verse, yeah, because if you look, Primal can't do Barrier, can't do Curse, can't do Dispel. Ruins can't do conjure, can't do dispel, can't do heal, and uh, attack for verse, barrier, and conjure. So, but you look at something like Arcana, the only thing it can't do is augment and heal. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it, I guess from a, a mechanical standpoint, why would anybody choose to play a verse or a bard over an Arcana user? Well, flavor, to give minor to give minor competency bonuses to your buddies, if you want to play a bard, yeah, right? Isn't that what you do? The bar the bars could could be used definitely with the uh, like a scoundrel or envoy kind of per career where you're the face of the of the group. Mm-hmm. You know, the support you're a support. You're not the main cannon. You're not the uh, the tank, but you're there to help out in other situations, non combat skills, or even just before combat. Like, hey, Give you a little boost there, you know. Yeah, you know. yeah. I guess trick, they help. Trick, in, trick the stupid or la 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 la. Yeah, I guess they could be beneficial in round zero, right? They could be. <laughs> I mean, but, you know, there's combat, no reason you know, why. Going, you know. There, there's no reason why you couldn't allow a verse to do an attack. Come on, if somebody's singing at a at the right resonance, a psionic a sonic attack, absolutely. That's the story point. Story point yeah, for story point. <laughs> or why wouldn't and this that actually this actually surprises me a bit is that runes you can't do healing with runes. There have been but there's a ruin of healing though. Many, yeah, which kind of is a little strange. So I might tweak this chart if I ever run something in Tiernoth to kind of make yeah. them yeah. all balanced, as in everybody they can all do, or they can all do everything but two. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm fine with it. <laughs> I'm gonna play it as is at first. Okay. See how it is. I, yeah. I don't know the verse. The verse to me, um, I get where their their feeling is behind it that it's not a, an attack 
um, that it's it's all about if you read verse, it's all about bolstering your allies. That's right. all it's about. But, so mm-hmm. nothing that doesn't do that should be in your wheelhouse. Yeah. True. Yeah. But one thought I was doing when I was trying to convert, you know, uh, some of the stuff for for Shintar to Genesis with with psionics, I, I followed a little bit what they had in in Shintar itself. Okay, they can do certain things. But yeah, I did put a limit. The psionics cannot use augment or heal except on themselves. Oh, there you go. That's an interesting thing to use of limit. And I even added, yeah, I even added, well, unless they have maybe a talent. You could invent a tier one, tier two, maybe tier three. Oh, yeah. That then gives them access to heal with other people. Mm-hmm. Same thing maybe with Ruincaster. You know, the Ruinmaster can, if he has a talent that allows him to modify or gain access to that rune and unlock it. Same thing with Verse, totally you know, okay, I, I use my my loot, my voice offensively, you know, as a herpes <laughs> yeah. banshee whale, you know. There you go. <laughs> might, not be, might not be lightning, but hey, it, it can definitely crack someone's skull by the sound. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> and that gets me, thank you for the segue, gets me into the talent section. Oh, yeah. Where I, ta- I, I, I started looking and I... I it was all planned. I was looking at all the classes or the careers, and I noticed that none of them started with verse, or other than that little tiny sidebar, started rune with magic. rune. Right. And I was like, well, okay, you've got these new magics, but they don't. Oh, looky here, tier two talent bard. You yep. add knowledge, lore, and verse to your skill list. Okay, so now we've added in new magic types, but we've done it as a talent. So you could play it as only the base ones are available. You could play it this way, that only the base ones are available at character creation, but then the other ones become unlocked as you get your talents. So if you buy all the way up at character creation to get that tier 2 bard talent or that uh, tier 2 rune lore talent, then yeah, runic lore. You can, yeah, yeah, runic lore. Mm-hmm. You can start with it. So I like that. I mean, that just adds another, almost like prestige class type element to Genesis that we didn't see before. Through talents, you can buy things that add to your career and make you something more unique. Right. I do like. I do like this dark insight talent on eighty four setting up a precedent of creating a talent to change your knowledge skill that your arcane or your spell ability is linked to. So with this, if you put Dark Insight, instead of using knowledge lore to determine the, your ranks or whatever to make your spells more powerful, like, say, the burn quality, you would use knowledge forbidden instead. That's cool. Now, that is I, cool. Yeah, that that's pretty. That's a neat little um, a neat little precedent they're setting there. Now, what I had done for Primeval Thule is I linked divine to religion, the the knowledge religion, and primal to no, knowledge nature, and then arcane to lore. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> you guys, but this is pretty. This pretty yeah. cool. Yep, this is something that you could maybe go back and if you wanted to do that, you could put in, mm-hmm. you know, just lore is what you start with, but then they're all, you can change them Yes, if you wanted to. Or I can even add it like, an, like, a, like a knowledge forbidden for like the occult because there's that Cthulhu dark arts 
twist in Prime Primeval Thule, right? Where you can yeah. do something along those lines, like do Knowledge Forbidden. There it is. Yep. Another talent I wanted to bring up, dude, the shapeshifter. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. That, that is. is so neat. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just I don't even know where to go with that. I mean, what is what are you? A, does that make you a wear creature? Does that make you? Yes. Yeah, I mean, Seems to be but then you go, but then you go to to level two. You have mm-hmm. or level three, mm-hmm. no level tier tier two. You have improved shapeshifter, where now you can actually trigger it mm-hmm. once per session. I just, I, I, for some reason, I didn't expect that, and I, I'm looking at it, I'm reading it, and I'm like, it doesn't really say what this does. I mean, what is the shape that you're shifted into? Is this like you're a changeling? Is this you're like a a, a wear creature? What it, I mean, that's that's where I was getting at. I, I didn't really, I don't know where they're yeah, going with no, it. There's no shifter race, like an Eberron or anything like mm-hmm. that. So you're, even I was perplexed, like, okay, which character would have that kind of ability? No, maybe the, the half cat folk? <laughs> maybe. Right. You could definitely maybe. bring in lycanthropes this way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's I'll interesting. I, so go on. The, um, the painful blow talent here, that's tier one. Holy crap, dude. This mm-hmm. seems awfully powerful for tier one. When you make a combat check, you can voluntarily increase a difficulty by one for the talent, right? And if you do mm-hmm. at least one wound, they suffer two strain and they cannot perform a maneuver until the end of their encounter. Or they take two strain. <laughs> they take two strain every time they perform a, a maneuver until the end of the encounter. Holy crap! Oh yeah, yeah. That hurts. <laughs> that's that's the minion killer. That's the minion yeah. killer. You know it. Yeah. I kicked, I kicked him in the nards. <laughs> Another precedent <laughs> that that they set on page eighty-eight. Yep, I was going to go there. You were? Oh, go ahead, Tony. Oh, I'm, go ahead. The uh, Chill of Nordros, the Flames of Kelos, and yeah. those spells that add, or those talents that add things to your spells mm-hmm. for free. Yeah, yes. but you can but, never add the, the opposite. Right. Right. So the Chill those, of Nordros, they're like the undead kind of people or whatever. Um, yeah. And you can never add the fire effect to your <laughs> to your attack no, spell no, and no, you can't no, have ice. taken flame of kelios right so you can have mm-hmm. factions or or um groups out there that are kind of opposite each other and create and this just adds just another another depth to the to this setting and you could do something like that in your own setting too and it's it's a nice precedent that they set yeah. here for that mm-hmm yeah, no, it's a great way to put exactly that faction-specific talents that make you even you could do it on attack spells, you can do it on weapon attacks. You know, you are let's say you're a sword master of Bremosh or whatever it is that you're okay, you you now reduce the difficulty on all sword attacks by one using your signature your your swords that you use from your culture, but you can never pick up an axe. You never learned how to use these other weapons, there things you like that. Yep. You can do stuff like that for your settings, or, and it's just. Or if, mm-hmm. or if you do pick up an axe, then you have setback. It's like, no, no yes. this is highly unbalanced. It's like <laughs> yeah. uncultured weapon. What the heck? <laughs> <laughs> or you're, you know, you're a lightsaber user picking up a blaster. You know, highly uncivilized. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do think what's interesting. I do think what's interesting, though, 
is your scoundrel is going to have to wait a little bit to get a backstab ability because it's actually a tier 3 talent. Mm-hmm. Which is, I don't know, that's, a, that's an interesting precedent as well. And basically what that does is you're allowed to use your Skullduggery skill instead of Melee Light to, attempt, to perform your combat check. But for every yeah. success that's uncancelled, you add 2 damage instead of just yeah. 1. And that's like nice. that feels that feels like, you know, your your uh, backstab ability. You're like the assassination. Old backstab. Yeah, the old assassination thing. You're doing double damage. Yeah. Hey, stuff. Chris. Yeah, man. Chris. So you moved to tier three without even bringing up signature spell, dude. Uh, go for yeah, it. What signature spell? Signature spell is the most badass talent that this book has, dude. Good. What is I it? So that. basically I what it does, the long and the short of it is, which is a talent we have to come up with, but the long and the short of the signature spell is you create a spell, which we already know I'm a huge fan of how you create spells in Genesis. Oh, yeah. And you say, okay, this is my signature spell. So you take, let's say you add range to it, you add fire to it, and you add uh, blast to it. That would be like, what, four difficulty right there or whatever. But once you create that signature spell, you reduce the difficulty of that by one. And whenever you cast that spell, it's always reduced by one. That's sweet. That's a kick And ass. so, and you could take this you multiple times, it, right? Uh, there is. It's not no, ranked. It's, right, it's not ranked. But you can take improved signature spell, well, which lowers it by yet another one. Really? What level is, yeah. is that? A that's a tier three. Oh, that's tier three. Tier four. It's tier. Oh no, tier four. Sorry. Two so instead of one. You could wow, be, dude. You could call it Jamie's uh, jacking off of Jibberdy Jizz. <laughs> yeah, whatever. And, you know, if it normally has four difficulty, well, that's my new signature spell, so now it always became hard. Nice. And then if I wanted the to improve it, now it became average. Yeah, but it has nice. to be with those specific With that specific boost, spell. You know? So blast, basically, okay, range, yeah. and right. Burn. It's the same exact spell every single time, but when That's you, it. I mean, it doesn't mean you can't cast other spells, but it's no. just when you cast mm-hmm. your signature spell, you yeah. reduce yeah. the difficulty of it by one. Yeah, they. So, dude, they, to me, that is like the uber spell. Oof, that's yeah, nice. I well, love I was, that. I was hoping one somebody else would come up would would mention that one <laughs> because 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 I would do that totally with Niamara with her conjure spells. Like, okay, if she's something yeah. more. More allies, or, or in my other campaign, I used to play party favors. Come on, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Rune golems. Yep. yep. <laughs> Earth elementals attack. <laughs> yeah. well, you get you get into these higher talents, and you've got some mm-hmm. really cool stuff and some new guidelines on what you can dink with. Oh yeah. My favorite talent in the whole section. Yeah. Page ninety-one, the last one slid in there at the very bottom. <laughs> Zealous fire. Oh yeah. <laughs> Tier five. Each time your game master spends a story point, <laughs> you heal two strain. Yep. Nice. That oh, thank is... you for letting me cast my spell for free. Oh <laughs> right. Yes. Exactly. That is yeah. the caster's meat and potatoes right yes. there. I am so. If I make a caster, I am so heading to Zealous Fire as, as a, fast as possible. As, yep. as, a G, as a GM, I would just. I spent a story point and I was like, I'm not reminding anyone of their talent. But if you forget. <laughs> if you forgot, that's your fault. That's right. <laughs> that's if you spent 150 XP to get there, yeah, it's your fault. Yeah. 
as one soon more. as I make my roll, it's like, okay, no, the action is over. You should, you should have, you should have spent it. We're next, next action. <laughs> so, Jamie, you mentioned the long and the short of it. Now, just to oh, give yes. everybody, just to give everybody a, uh, a, um, an example of where that came from. Co- co- context, yeah. <laughs> the context of it. I was playing a dwarf, and we had another another buddy playing a, um, a paladin, and we would always, I would always be up in front, and he'd be playing her like right behind me, and I would attack, and and she would just kind of stab over me, right? So I was. She the, had she had the pole arm. She had the pole arm, so that was the long of it, and I was the short of it. <laughs> so we came up with a, <laughs> so we came up with just a trait, and this was in Pathfinder, so we each got like a plus one. I got a plus one to my um, armor class. Defense, she got a plus yeah. one. She got a plus one to attack. Well. This, this as tier long four, as you're this, doing that maneuver. Right. Well, this tier four talent, back to back, on page 91, mm-hmm. made 91, me think yeah. of that. Now, when engaged with one or more allies, your character and allies that are engaged, make, they get to add a boost die to their combat checks. Oh, yeah. If one or more yeah. allies engaged with your character also have back to back, the effects there are cumulative. Go. So that really made me think of that. And kind of, again, it sets a precedent for those That's it, teamwork, cooperative yeah. talent. Synergy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's work yeah. together. So. Yeah, so that really does. enjoyed the talent section in this book. It is. Yeah. It is just it fodder to. for making talents, great talents for your own settings. <laughs> yep. All right. Yeah, so, we can talk about this. I could talk talents all freaking night, but that's why know, I'm yeah, making oh, you yeah. move on now, Chris. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, moving on, we go into the gear section. You get your standard mm-hmm. fantasy gear. Mm-hmm. What I want to touch on in this is the craftsmanship stuff. Sure. They. Because using unique materials to make stuff. You got your craftsmanship for your armor and your swords. Ancient, dwarven, elven Mm -hmm. uh, craftsmanship. You've got, it gives you guidelines on how to do this for yourself in the future and what it could mean. Um, For instance, okay, I'm just going to go into the elven. The elven, when you make it in armor, when you use our elven craftsmanship in armor, reduce the armor's encumbrance value by two to a minimum of zero. In addition, your character removes one setback die die from stealth checks. Elven chainmail, here we come. All right. If you do this to a weapon, reduce the weapon's damage by one. Yeah, it's light. It's What's his letter opener? Um, and it, but it, and it's critical by one to a minimum of one. So yeah, it's light, it's but it's up. sharp as shit. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it's, right. it's really point. pointy. And yeah. what do you do? You increase its cost by two, and its rarity increases, or you multiply its cost by two, and you increase its rarity by three. Perfect. Now we know. Okay, now I know how to make things out of mithril. Now I know how to make things uh, out of adamantium if I want to convert the D-Shift 7D stuff that is out there. I know how to make things out of star metal if I'm doing Pathfinder. You know, all these other settings where you've got these unique you want to do a superhero setting and you want to make adamantium claws to put in your guy who's named the honey badger uh, <laughs> new superhero you know. I know that if I'm going to be playing an Eric's Mutant Mastermind or whatever <laughs> honey, badger. honey badger here we go I'm going to play I, a actually, jackalope <laughs> there fastest as can you know, and, and, to, and to kind of follow up on that a little bit Tony a few pages down on page 99 they have implement materials yep what materials Which do the same thing yes so 
So you one of your out? stabs would be like oak, right? So there's no price change, yeah, no rarity. Standard. That's standard. But if you make a uh, scepter out of bone, mm-hmm. well, when your character successfully attacks a attack or curse spell, they heal one wound. I love That's that, cool. dude. This Isn't is, that awesome? This is creating GMs, creating magic items for a fantasy setting 101. Make it out of special materials. Give it prop, cool properties just from the materials it's made out of. Yeah. Name it. That was one thing Give that, it a comes, name. It, that Give harkens it a name back too. to the original days of D&D. Mm-hmm. Oops, oh, I said it. Sorry. Um, the okay. days way back when, mm-hmm. when... <sighs> Yes. When you were describing that staff that you found, you always described the wood that it was made out of and the crystal that was at the top of it and what the runes look like. And then you gave the damn thing a name and then you gave it to the character and you let them figure it out. Um, Exactly. You don't have identify, you don't have a hundred piece gem. Oh, sorry for you. (laughs) (laughs) You have to wait 24 hours, study the spell. That's right. (laughs) You're Spend right. Another day studying it. <laughs> and then yeah. you go, you know, it goes back into your normal gear, your all the stuff you need for a fantasy setting, mounts, uh, drinks, how tables, you know, how does how much does an inn cost, all that stuff. But then we get into the item attachments and enchantments. Mm-hmm. The second part of magic item crafting, all the rune stuff. Oh yeah. And this is what makes Terranoth Terranoth in my mind, right here. This whole section on the runes. That's why they call their miniature game Runebound and their board game Rune Wars. This it's makes wild. it. Yes. I love this entire section. All the magic items, all the runes, mm-hmm. all of it. Okay. it wasn't what a thing I do I like. Did like. What I do like on page 106 there, table 213, 2-13, weapon attachments, they also list the attachments from the core rulebook, like Balance Hilt, mm-hmm. Duelist Crossguard, mm-hmm. which would be appropriate for a fantasy setting that they put in here, which was pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. And they're just briefly ref- referenced, hey, you'll mm-hmm. find this in the core rulebook, and that's it. It's not reprinted in here, all the stuff for it. Right. But, you know. but you've got like a runic frost, like say, um, this runic inscription adds to the tier weapon, use with... Um, so this attachment can be applied to any melee weapon. The modifiers, it gets the ensnare one, stun four item qualities. Those that goes along with like the ice attack from you know your magic attacks. So you know where you would ensnare and stuff. And it costs one hard point. So you would need one hard point on your weapon to add this rune to it. So yeah. pretty slick. So nice. So nice. I love the simplicity of it. Just oh, mm-hmm. you you found a rune. Okay. Well, what is it? Oh, it does this. Oh, cool. Put it on my sword. Done. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. And then you got spiked, Holy shit. And spiked armor. Yes. Oh, go ahead. Oh, did you see the uh, rune of severing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Fucking give your weapon vicious five? Yes. Mm-hmm. So if you roll high insane. enough, if you roll high enough, yeah. you know, the, you, can, that, you can die. Immediately. That, that, that's like essentially the Vorpal weapon in Terranoth. Yeah. That's <laughs> Yeah. Yep. And there's also no and it's, price. It, there's no it's price for it. <laughs> it's appropriately not listed as a price because it's priceless. And rarity ten. <laughs> <laughs> it's your lightsaber crystal. Um, oh, and by the way, the rune of blades—that's badass too. When you hit mm-hmm. with this blade, the critical injury—you don't roll. It's the bleeding out crit. 
<laughs> it's the one right above. It's the one right below. It's the one yeah, right the, below yeah. 150. And it's only one hard point. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. and by the way, a burn one quality. Yeah. You're going to get burned. You want to know what that means is that you take another crit at the beginning of your turn with the burn quality. Mm-hmm. Isn't that, no, wait a second. No, sorry. That was yeah. the runic flame. Sorry, that was the runic flame one. But still, you put both of those on there. Ooh. Oh, God. Nasty. Yeah. I have the God Killer. Here it is, right here. I'm waving it at you. <laughs> and then they have they have right, a list yeah. of magic items and such too, which kind of gives you a nice feel for kind of what they're thinking of as far as magic items go. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, so this deepwood longbow. Oh, go ahead. I I want to interrupt on that. This is the only thing that I dislike, and I would probably write you guys in this question for a future show. The last paragraph on the introduction to magic items. Magic magic items are almost never offered for sale. I'm fine with that and cannot be crafted. I'm not fine with that. Yeah. Okay, so they're ancient lore. But but that's part of the that's to me, that's part of the great traits that a fantasy wizard or mage has is the ability to ca- or create those magic items. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, I do. So, so you create it. So Would you, you create a tier five talent that make that unlocks that knowledge? That's what I was Would considering and thinking too. I mean, this is obviously specific to Terranoth. This is the Terranoth book, but mm. I just wish that they could have had that in there as an optional rule or something. You know what I'm saying? To give us those creation rules for magic items, because mm-hmm. I mean, anybody that did play three point five D Chef D Chef Seven D. That's something we all love doing was having our mage have magic uh, craft magic arms and armor. Right. And you would just sit there for hours just thinking about the coolest thing you can come up with. And and I read this and I was like, well, well that sucks. Well, hang on a second yeah, now, no. Jamie. I got some good news for you because I'm page 112. Right. There yeah, that's a, where I was going to go. There's a sidebar, GM guidance, crafting magical items. Uh-huh. Okay, forget DM, that last thing I said. If you decide if it's possible for a character to create a magic item. So before you create it, they need to have, you know, they have to get an item with superior quality, crafted items mm-hmm. um, following normal guidelines for crafting, determine what additional tools and components. Now, that's important. What components that's are it. required? That could be a whole freaking side adventure all on its own. Hell, even a campaign, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, you need oh, yeah. you need the uh, left eye of the one-eyed cyclops, the two-eyed mm-hmm. cyclops. A minimum, yeah. <laughs> a craft check. I guess what it, what would it be like a crafting check? Minimum hard, and hard a trifling, you know, formidable. Yeah. Okay, books. forget that last thing I said because I, like I said, I had flipped through this book. I didn't see that, so that's good. Go. Go. Thank you. It's all good, man. Thank you, Fancy Fly. I still love you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. I, I, yeah. And crafting rules. That's where we're at right now. Yeah. Uh, page yeah. 112. You got your crafting rules. You got your alchemy rules. You want to make something. You want to do. Po- you want to do stuff with alchemy. We wanted to know how alchemy works. Here it is. Here's a, what. It's it's a simple crafting table like they've done in all their Star Wars stuff. Of how do you spend your advantage and triumph and your threat and despair, despair when you make something. When your checks. And then there's really nothing. So there's a few paragraphs here as far as alchemy ingredients go. You can you can get into so many. There are so many things online 
for alchemical ingredients and reagents and going out in the woods and gathering stuff to create your potions that you can do. Um, I think a buddy of mine was telling me about um, if we were running like a, a Middle Earth thing, there's like a whole thing on like, you know, you got King's Foil and all those other things to make potions well, out of. You could totally do that here. To mm-hmm. make a link with uh, with my uh, my own blog, I did mention in one blog, uh, a li- there, there's Lee's Lists. There's like, guy who makes... Uh, That's where I saw it. Alchem- Alchemical Reagents. with a, a D100 list. <laughs> And, and where is that? Yeah, you Stephen? can roll randomly. Where is that? Uh, you can find that's at the Dragon's Toolbox, of course. That's right. You can find the link on my blog. <laughs> there you go. Very nice. And I have mentioned some of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's pretty cool. Blade so, plug. <laughs> yeah, go check out check out go check out Stefan's blog. He gives, he's got a lot of neat random random all things uh, role playing on there. So pretty sweet. Yeah, try to try um, to find a little tools for that. Tony, without me knowing very well, um, and you're talking about the crafting and everything like that. Now, I, I I haven't looked at special modifications for Star Wars, even though I have it. How do do the is it like most things between Star Wars and and Genesis, to where it's a pretty direct transfer? They do it almost exactly the same. Yeah, yep. yeah, pretty close. I mean, they don't I mean, have there's... they don't, you don't have like your 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 um your one handed sword templates or your two-handed sword templates or such but they do talk about i think that right tony yes you must have it so for instance to craft a sword you need a forge smith tools steel raw materials and then i would think some sort of pattern or some sort of um template well they don't mention templates do they no they don't but um basically your GM may decide what that some items are, take significantly more or less time. Basically, that's all left in the hands of the GM. It would be narrative. Yeah. And so you could just follow that guideline. Put oh, into okay. this, here it know. is. Here it is. So, what you would, so you would take the rarity of the item, divide that by two, and that's your difficulty. For your Where are you seeing that at? I am seeing that last paragraph one one twelve right underneath that sidebar I mentioned to you. To undertake the actual process, character makes a mechanics check with a difficulty based on the rarity of the item. Divide the rarity by two. For for instance, a mechanics check to craft a steel sword. Rarity two is easy. Ah, uh, okay, okay, okay. So that's, that's cool. That's not so bad. that's so, pretty cool. So essentially, going off of what I was thinking about earlier. What, what I really loved about especially 3.5 on crafting magic arms and armor, you could essentially still do that by having somebody forge a sword and having a magician. Okay, okay, cool. Oh, yeah. That's good, that's oh, good. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I'm sure there's a way for, for you to, it has to be superior craftsmanship then. You had the superior it, quality. Mm-hmm. I think it's from the Genesis book does have the... Yeah, that just adds to that. the rarity. Right. That'll add to the I mean, rarity exactly. of it. Yeah. Right. And and the, the materials difficult. the materials mm-hmm. that that Tony was talking about dwarven made or yeah. elven made what elven. adds to that rarity which increases your difficulty to craft say an elven boots or elf yeah. sword. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have I told you guys before that I love Genesis? Have, have mm-hmm. I, ever that? I don't know. Uh, I, I had an inkling. <laughs> you Hashtag can totally SWK. tinker. With- 
<laughs> you could totally tinker with the item creation for oh, yeah. a long time as a player and do the same thing where you're sitting there going, I want to make this item and you're just going to, I want to make it out of these materials and I want to, I want, well, you can do right. all of that. And you and your GM can sit down and work out how, but the nice thing is at the end of the day, it's resolved in one freaking roll. Uh, yeah. You mean it doesn't go by weeks of progress? <laughs> no. It doesn't have to be if you don't want no. it to. <laughs> exactly. No, it's resolved one roll with mm-hmm. advantage and threat and despair and triumph and ta-da, we're done. How many successes? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. All right, so. What do we have next? Well, you know, we, we go talk- into the magic mm-hmm. and we could talk about it, but we've already kind of touched we on covered it. covered that. Uh, Let's the different types. And then these runebound shards, those are cool. Jamie had mentioned earlier, mm. there are some of these <laughs> that are just <laughs> so so yeah. basically so basically anybody, any character can find an arcane bolt rune and you can actually use it as a ranged weapon, fire a friggin' magic missile. Dare do I say <laughs> um, <gasps> damage eight, crit three, range it's a medium, magic bolt. It's a bolt. And it's auto fire. <laughs> That's so cool. That is so cool. You can freaking use auto fire on this. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's sweet. That's the cool. part that I really like about the shards, and we, we, you know, we said it earlier, but I love the fact that, and, and this is a personal flavor to me, is I, I'm a low fantasy person, so that when magic happens, it's like it's a big deal. the ultimate of badassery. Yeah. And so to have these shards in this setting be a rare thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, can you imagine taking your characters through and you you have a a character who took that tier two talent to unlock the runic knowledge mm-hmm. and just as a GM, toy with them for a while. Go four or five sessions. Make them want it that much further so that when they do get one, oh man, they're just they they just got the key to hell and they're gonna unload it on everybody. Oh yeah. oh yeah! Oh yeah! Yep. Yeah these these are these are beautiful pieces of uh, role playing candy right here. I love mm-hmm. it. You could build an entire dungeon around just collecting one rune. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, dude! Guard, guarded by the monkey thing that Chris saw. <laughs> the picture. Whatever the hell that is, that is yeah, that's pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we go. I mean, we could go through all the runes, but really, they're all cool. I don't. I didn't see one I didn't like. Um, I'm, I'm I'm liking this rune of collection though. You guys read that one? Okay. Uh, so uh. it really doesn't do anything. That's on page one nineteen. So it, it kind of it, it seems like just autumn. Uh, anybody can just kind of try and activate it, but nothing really happens. But if you use this as an implement, you you. Uh, Suffer one less strain when casting a spell. That's huge. Yes, that is. Especially once you haven't gotten to that tier five talent. <laughs> that when your GM flips <laughs> flips the story point over, you don't get the two back, right? Um, no, right. You, yeah, that's no, huge. no, you actually you heal one strain whenever you cast yeah. a spell. <laughs> there you go. Hey, now, out of curiosity, Stefan mentioned this earlier, and I don't see it, at least by name, and I haven't read every one of them, but I don't believe that there actually is a Rune of Healing. Stefan mentioned earlier that there was, and I don't think that there is, and that does go into the fact that um, Rune casters can't heal. That is true, but I do believe there was one. Was there a Rune that allows you to 
suck the life out of somebody if you damage them. Well, you well get... that's the soul stone rune. That's what I was thinking then. So that still ain't healing. <laughs> that's necromancy, dude. <laughs> yeah. That's well, life draining. No, yeah, that's life draining necromancy shit. So you can, so you the target. So when your character activates the stone rune, it affects all other characters, including allies, <laughs> with this yeah. short range. Affected targets must must make an average discipline check. Or they suffer three strain and become staggered for one round. Then the bear heals one wound. For each mm-hmm. target that failed the check. That's the closest that we came that I think I came to seeing. Yeah. That. No, I thought there was. I just wanted to put it out there in case yeah. you know you guys got all kinds of hate mail. Because <laughs> you know, you know it, we barely get mail, let alone hate mail. Yeah, these well, these it, rooms. Yeah, but you know how the internet is. They love to point out when you're wrong. Well, so well, a our, lot of our these... tens of listeners are awesome. Shush you. Your tens of them? <laughs> there is probably um, the same tens that watch my show. Yeah, all these runes kind of do the opposite of healing. They like cause yeah, exactly. damage. <laughs> yes. They kind of cause damage. All right, so we we kind of got to move on. Unfortunately, we're gonna you know we've got the uh, the list of gods here or spirits of devotion. That's mm-hmm. your. It's a very small section, and I like it. Two I don't pages. like. Yeah. I like the fact that their are their deities are more nebulous. There's they have no idea whether they were real beings or not. Yeah. Some of them, you know, it's yeah. I don't know. I like it. It's not Forgotten Realms. I don't have seven thousand deities and they're all meddling in your business. So I kind of like that. <laughs> yeah. um, One page on verse more, virtues of the verse. <laughs> right. The spirit, spirit speaking and elven magic. I love how elven magic is a little bit uh, described a little different from regular magic. Gives you more of a, you know, it gives it helps me deciding what I'm going to do with uh, Middle Earth and the different types of magic. Yep. And then we go into the section of lands of magic, which is this is Huge. where your adventure fodder is. This is where you just pick a setting that you a section area. of. Yeah. that you really love and you can read just one section and oh I'm going to le- read about just um, the free cities and I want to set a free city campaign and you only need to read that section yep. and mm-hmm. and then each section gives you some potential NPCs adversaries that you're going to see yeah. and the adversaries is what I wanted to talk about yeah. in this section Oh my! Oh my! There are some... right. <laughs> <laughs> wow, there are some badasseries. So, so favorite monsters? Anybody? Yeah. Yeah, the answer is yes. <laughs> yes, I have okay. favorites too. Ladies first. How about you? What do you want? What do you got? Me? <laughs> yeah. Oh well, you know, guess which ones would be my favorite? A dragon. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I wanted to see definitely how they would do a dragon in Genesis. So you've got the feral dragon. So what do you think? Just so Did yeah, they do it right. Cool. I think so. I mean, you know, they don't have to be just chromatic and based off of one color. And mm-hmm. no, they can be all kinds of color and still have a nasty fire breath, and you don't know what you're going to get necessarily. I do like and the fact that it's freaking terrifying, though. That yeah. it's mm-hmm. you fear check. I mean, dragon yeah, fear. Yeah, daunting Come on. fear check. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's daunting. You know, they're terrifying. So the ancient dragon on mm-hmm. 
Page 195. Yeah. Oh, my. 195? That's it. I read that one a couple of times. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> holy. And I, of something holy. I noticed. Something I noticed. I, I've got a little note here. To, yeah. There are very, very, very few. Now, mm-hmm. something that we have seen in Star Wars and something that, Jamie, when you were creating your own monsters for your own fantasy setting, there are very, very few that have... St- Characteristics over five. Yeah. It's extremely yeah. rare. The mm-hmm. giant, the dragon. I mean, that's a couple. Mm-hmm. They're they're. Mm-hmm. It's extremely rare. Dragon random. doesn't have. Yeah. Even the dragon doesn't have anything about five. Holy Most no. of them are four or five. <laughs> the things that make them tough are mm-hmm. adversary. Their talents and their spells and their special abilities. You don't have to. You don't have to give a thing seven brawn for it to be, you know, we've seen it in Star Wars at Rancor with like mm-hmm. six brawn, seven brawn. In here, I think it, I think the one thing that has brawn over five is a giant. Yeah, the giant is, I think, is six. Well, yeah, that's I, it. I, I, gotta, that's all you got to do is give this freaking, you give this ancient dragon the words of unmaking. Did you guys read this? <laughs> a daunting arcana check. And the friggin' item or magic item or runebound shard, if it's successful, the beginning of the dragon's next turn, there's no magic ability. It becomes a mundane gem or suit of armor. <laughs> you're counting, if you're counting on that um, Holy Avenger sword, no. <laughs> it's, it's done. Yep. I'm going to go kill a dragon with a Vorpal sword. Nope, you're holding a metal stick. <laughs> <laughs> A very nice metal stick, but the metal stick nonetheless. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yes. And even, and even the giant at two twenty-six, its only stat that's high is is, is the brawn of six, and if everything yeah. else is two or one. But you know, it's still giant stomp. That's <laughs> an ability. <laughs> well, yeah. Plus so forty. When you, when you, oh man. So what they've given us is kind of how we should look at a template for how to do our adversaries. Yeah. Don't have to rewrite the book. You don't have to crank their stats up through the roof. Just give them cool abilities that make them them. A giant right. can stomp on you. Or, you know, if you're playing that famous D-Shift-7D game uh, and giants threw rocks all the time. Uh, yeah. rocks. Yeah. What I what I also like what I also like is that they're spellcasters. They pick two column signature spells, but they're not technically signature spells. They have spells all kind of created for you. Like I don't know, on this same page as the giant, there's a <laughs> demoralizing stanza. <laughs> the friggin' mm-hmm. minstrel <laughs> does. You know, it's it's a it's gonna be what that would be probably a charm check or curse, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They can increase the ability of skill checks, and you know, make it flavorful like that. You know, I think yeah, the exact agree. same the exact same spell is somewhere else on another another beast that I saw, but it's named completely different. Yeah. Sure, mm-hmm. like the, the Goblin Witcher, uh, yeah. page one fifty two. Yeah, agonizing hex or bad luck. Those are two <laughs> yeah. kind of signature spells. So you can it's have just to a curse. Yeah. It's just a curse. That's all it is. But, but it's a curse that they've name. made cool. Yeah. Yes, they coolized it. Jamie, do you have a favorite an- enemy? Or uh, no, I I've just um, briefly went through them just to go look at that, look at that, and you know that that was about <laughs> it. I I still have a lot more diving to do into this book. 
my favorite my favorite was the the kobolds because when I read the, <laughs> the um, not another one ability was awesome but I'll tell you on page two o four there's a picture of an orc outrider riding on his Guraktol mount dude oh, so cool. I want to send a bunch of these dudes after you oh man. That's pretty cool, and we didn't and we didn't talk about the the mounted combat um, that they added here. It was only just a couple paragraphs, so a bit disappointing for me, anyways, because I was looking forward to more for that. But what they did, they kept it simple, actually, and what they did made sense. Yep. But yeah, for this, yep. he can he can direct his uh, his mounts to perform an action and a maneuver um, as he. Th- attacks with his axe this beastie can you know bite you hit you with his tail something like that yeah so that's kind of cool tail catapult (laughs) (laughs) so me personally i had uh i had two favorites um the one is the on page 216 the spined thresher um because of course i'm building hellgate so uh, show me a big demon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, yay, I have a big demon. Wow. Yeah. That's nasty. Yeah. And I love the art for it. It was, an, again, another one of my favorite art pieces in the book. I just, mm-hmm. it was like, oh, this is sweet. Yeah. You could, you could take these, you could put a bunch of those flesh rippers on the page before that with it. Mm-hmm. That's, oh, kinda, well, that's kind of awesome looking. This real whole section was uh, was for fodder for me for that. The grotesque, the flesh rippers, the mm-hmm. all uh, the the spine thresher, and even mm-hmm. the witch and warlock, which is where you're going to find some of the more castery demons in the setting. Yeah, perfect fodder for me for my setting. The other one I found that I love just for a fantasy setting, the true fae, on page one eighty one. True fae one eighty one. Let's look at that. Utterly terrifying. Yes. <laughs> Utterly terrifying. The creatures of the Ainlong, the blinding curse, the shuddering paralysis. Just, they're cool. <laughs> I got nothing, but they're so very three. cool. And, oh, mm-hmm. geez. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's cool. Quick, quick strike two. I mean, they've got all kinds of cool. Their Eldritch Blade that they carry. All of it. Just built as a great NPC. Love it. I would use that in a fantasy setting. In this, in uh, I'm going to use one in my Terranoff game. I guarantee it. Sweet. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> Very cool. So, Well, that's pretty much our thoughts on the book. I mean, mm-hmm. we've yeah. fanboy loved all over this damn thing. I might oh, yeah. Yeah. And of course, uh, the custom uh, you know, Terranoff character Sheet. Oh yes, yes. I, I oh, printed yeah. one off right before uh, yeah. before the uh, play. They're beautiful. The tear the tearing off character sheets. My only my only regret is that they're that they are three pages because I always print double sided, and an odd number of pages makes me angry. Um, oh, but that's how they are talents. for the Genesis ones too. Your talent page I know. is the third one. I know, I know, I know. There I, was I, again. It's just it messes with my OCD, man. <laughs> God, me too. Trust me, I'm like I don't like a blank page. <laughs> there was there there was one one thing that I wanted to, that I wanted to say about. It's on page 169. 
There's a sidebar called PCs and Death Magic. Mm-hmm. And this is just a nice little flavorful narrative thing that a player and DM, GM can talk about relating to if you're P- if you have a player that wants their character to start doing necromancy cuz it's here it's in here it's there's you know like we said there was that shard right that soul shard that'll suck yeah. suck life out of people <laughs> what i like towards the end of this is i hope it yeah, sounds that like too. that when they do it too it does yeah, it would very very flagellating <laughs> exactly shard. Um, but what I really liked was down here at the very beginning, the the very end, players and GMs should discuss these changes to make them part of the character development and could make for new subplots. Like, they're, they're physically changing as they delve deeper into this death magic. Like, maybe their eyes are going into their eye sockets a little bit. They're being a little yeah, more gone. Corruption. You know, those, that's just... Paler that. skin and... Mm-hmm. That's just a neat little thing to just put in here for that, and I just wanted to point it out. That's cool. I never noticed that. So thanks, Chris. Yeah, man. Yeah. All right. Well, so that was our book that's club. It for... Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. That was our book club. So on to our uh, on to advantageous threats next, then, huh? Sure. All right. Okay, welcome to Advantageous Threats. So we're going to do a little something special here. Uh, I didn't come up with one. Chris didn't. We let our guests come up with one. Jamie, of course, didn't do his homework. No, he didn't. You <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> but Stefan did. And uh, so I'm going to let Stefan. Um, Stefan's going to go ahead and uh, give us the scenario. And Chris and I, instead of just me telling you how I would adjudicate it, I think uh, Chris and I will both okay. take a tackle on it. Sure. And Jamie, if you want to step in here, feel free. Yeah. All I don't right. know. I don't know if Jamie's allowed to. He didn't participate in the he homework. Didn't. So. He needs to be in the corner <laughs> then? Well, no, fine. I, this is how I would jam it. Whatever you come up with, Stefan, is wrong. So there you go. <laughs> Prick. <laughs> All right, Stefan. All right, Stefan. Go, dude. What we got? Still. Show notes. Where was it that I put in here? Where is it? I know I sent it back to you guys. Did you? Yeah, it's, that's right. Uh, I saw it. You did. I have it if you don't. Uh, no, I should have it. There you go. Is it here? In my email. There you go. Uh, it's dead air. I see the notes. Sorry, sorry. So, yeah, basically, I start off with my character. That I rolled. He it's, it happens in the uh, kind of the mean the banging backs the mean back streets of Mexico City. We got Sweet. our yeah our antagonist uh, Stefano the Dragon Spawn. He's uh, an up and coming. It's, uh, it's Stefano. Stefano, <laughs> see, <laughs> he's an up and coming luchador hey. in Mexico City. <laughs> yes. Awesome and. He's, uh, he's heard about this uh, underground street fight. He's trying to go into the big leagues, but he uh, has to find another street fight. Uh, because his, uh, 
his former partner, but now turned arch rival Jaime One Eye. <laughs> is, is holding Stefano's little brother Enrico hostage he wants him to, to throw the big fight <laughs> so he needs to find uh, you need to find a fight he needs to find where this big this street fight is because that's what Jaime is uh, will be <laughs> alright well if he's gonna need, if he needs to find a if he needs to find a fight pretty sure that's mm-hmm. streetwise I'm thinking. Yeah. It's going to be a street yeah, wide check. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so he has a little bit of street fights because he, that's how he learned a little bit of wrestling, doing these kinds of street All fights right. and gaining some uh, experience and notoriety. And now he wants to go into the big leagues. And and much like the last time I was on your guys' show, yeah. don't worry, I'll participate because I'll come up with one on the fly. There. All right, here we go. All righty because, then. Because... <laughs> Because old Stefano <laughs> wants to try to handle the uh, the guy with Uno Eye named Jaime, so Uno Uno has been thrown. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Uh, so uh, you need a difficulty for this. Um, so so uh, as a GM, I would uh, if I had set this encounter up, I would kind of want. To make it hard for you, so I would right. sit at a hard difficulty for this. Normal. Right. So what about you, Chris? That's um, that's what I was thinking too. Either that, or if it if it is average, I'll, I'll I would throw some setback in there. But I think I think a hard difficulty would be good. Yeah. So that would be three. Three. And so yeah, and since uh, Jaime, uh, Stefano has a little bit of experience, he's got two ranks in uh, in Streetwise. Cool. But only two in uh, in cunning, so that gets upgraded. Okay. That's only there's only two dice. Okay, uh, so two right now. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I would say it's his it's his home turf, so he knows one who to who to ask a bit more. So maybe a boost die. Either a boost yeah. die, or maybe it would reduce the difficulty if it's your home turf. You know depending what I mean? On the GM. I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd, depending on the GM, I would go either way, but you'd, I'd say a boost die. At least, you know what? I I think I like that idea uh, that Chris got uh, about reducing the difficulty. Let's mm-hmm. reduce it down right. to two purple. Mm-hmm. But purple, in this case, uh, but in this case, time is a factor. Yeah. So throw in two setback dice. Two setback, yeah. Because not only is time a factor, but also mm-hmm. your brother is in enemy hands. Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. But he so knows this enemy. He knows his enemy <laughs> intimately, so he knows where his, some of his favorite hangouts are and some of his contacts. So. Right. Yes. <laughs> yep. At least one boost die. Okay, so you happy with your pool? I think so. It's a small right. pool, but still... We are not. Chris and I both know that this is definitely a spot where a GM would... Put in, he would spend one of those uh, GM story points. Those story points, right. yep. Yeah. And the reason why there's is... There's a chance for despair here. Yeah, and it's kind of life or death. It's kind so of a life or death situation. Well, hopefully not, but yeah. You'll be able to so, find you know those. what? I'm pretty sure the old lady running the grocery store on the corner will tell you, hey, mm. I think I'm a hero of something. So right. add another boost die. <laughs> Shouldn't there be a setback guy for the guy running down the street yelling, chicharronas, chicharronas? <laughs> yeah, one of Jaime's, um, one of Jaime's uh, yeah. what do you call it, minions. Kind of distracted him a bit. <laughs> Go ahead, roll so, it up. All right, you luchadorians. Right 
So there you go. So we've got okay, um, two two setback on the setback dice. The setback, yeah, it was a setback. Right. But I've I've got an advantage that cancels one of those out, and another advantage on there. So those two are canceled out, leaving me with well, and a failure on the red dice. Three failure here, but I got one, two, three successes, four successes. Cool. Five. As a matter of fact, we got five successes, and yeah, that's it. Everything. Okay. Else so, what's your net? Out. So, what is the net? Five. One, two. How many failures? Three and five successes. Or three, three successes. Okay. Cool. Net. Total. Because I had three failures and five successes, so. So two. two That'd uh, be two. No, two. two. Two successes. Sorry. Yep. That's how math works. Math. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> No, it doesn't. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> All right, just two successes. So two successes. So, uh, and some of the boost die though did help. If you if you wanted to read that that way as well. So yes, and this uh, is one thing that Chris and I have kind of gotten into. Uh, we, yeah. we haven't really gotten into much on the show here, but reading the dice individually based on mm-hmm. what they rolled. So his boost yeah. die, the knowing of the uh, of of his this yeah. former friend of his would provide him with the information right away. I know his hangouts. I'm going to go to the yeah. three places that he likes to hide people okay. and likes okay. to, and, and voila, you find the old granary where they used to uh, grind up meal to make uh, 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 tortilla shells. Tortillas, yes. Uh, <laughs> where he has stashed away uh, your little brother, Enrico, and he yeah. has set up He's- an ambush for you. He's on, Enrico's on the treadmill on a, a little treadmill like about to be crushed by uh, <laughs> <laughs> going to be a little Slowly Enrico moving. tortilla <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have to save him in time I have three, three rounds to wrap up this combat and he's going, well, hurry the fuck up hurry the fuck up combat, you could do a skill challenge maybe andale, andale. Do, that, do that whole thing yeah. yeah yeah you could do it with a skill challenge most definitely all right, Jaime, what you got for us? Okay, so the one-eyed Pearson monster is back. <laughs> and little did you know, the one-eyed Pearson monster has an intellect of four and an arcana, or no, no, I changed that, a ruin skill of three. Ooh. He's facing off against the flaming red Stefan dragon. And the one-eyed Pearson monster just happens to have an ice storm ruin. Oh, sweet! So that means, according to that ruin, your character casts the attack spell, which has a base difficulty of one. Um, They must add ice and blast effects with no increase in difficulty. So that is awesome. But we're are we going to say he's at medium range to increase that difficulty to two? Because attack only goes in short range well, in the Genesis Core rule book. Would the uh, one-eyed Pearson monster always attack from chicken shit range? That would be yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> or do you well, get a no, the problem, close and personal? <laughs> no, the problem with this is because he only has one eye, his depth perception is off, and he thinks he's at short range. <laughs> and really, so he's really at medium, medium range. <laughs> He could take so a setback that, die for that one eye, too. Right? Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. 
Okay, so my base difficulty for the attack spell was the one purple, mm-hmm. but I have to extend the range, which adds a single difficulty to it, but I get blast and ice for free because of this um, ice storm rune. Excellent. Okay. So right now I have three yellow, a green, two purple, and a setback for the one eye. Well, it's but definitely I, an I adversary. Added. There is an adversary on this. Oh yeah, demon oh, yeah. Mo- this I went right to monster. I went right to page one fifty one in the uh, Terranoth book oh, and you? looked at the dragon hybrid. Uh, that seems like a wonderful creature to be the Stefan the dragon. Yeah, uh, Stefan the flaming dragon spawn. Thank yes. you, flaming dragon spawn. <laughs> yes. Uh, so this creature has adversary one. So turn okay. one of those, one of those, no, uh, yeah. and I, what I would like to do is I'd like to add a boost die because some of the words I have to use to make the spell go off are very hurtful words. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I'm good with are, you, that. are you calling me fat? <laughs> <laughs> when he asks if his pants make his ass look big, I say yes. <laughs> Uh, but at least one one setback dies because you know that if if you don't defeat him, his breath weapon, if you survive it, it makes you fabulous. <laughs> it changes your lifestyle forever. Glittery breath weapon. Um, do I have a story point that I can use to upgrade my check here to four yellow? Of course you do. Always. Would you guys like to spin one against me? Because that's what you do, you know. Oh, we always do. It's what we do. Okay. What would be the uh, reason? Chris is going to be the reason for it. Because, yeah, if it's a setback, it's a downgrade, or at least a, an upgrade to the difficulty here, because the Dragon Spawn's tail is thrashing the ground. It's making you very unstable. Yes. Yes. There okay, you go. so I got to see you yeah, wave you're your unstable. Hand, waving your staff, and it's exciting him. <laughs> oh, so another setback guy, or was that because no, that was the story no, point? That was the story oh. point. That was the story point. Yeah. Okay, so I have a pool of. Two red, two black, four yellow, and a blue. Are we good? Perfect. Yeah. Let's do it. Here we go. Roll, roll that roll that beautiful bean footage. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So my hurtful words did nothing. Uh, <laughs> oh, you called him a gunk. His uh, scales are too thick. But <laughs> I wind up with three, three success and one threat. So that gives a net damage. Uh, we're going to say I have a runic knowledge of what? One. So that'll be five, six, seven, eight damage. And he also uh, has a blast effect with ice. So the flaming dragon spawn is immobilized for just a little while. So he's trapped in ice. However, he only takes two damage because his soak is six. Um, And for your setback dice, I would say that the unstable ground from him slashing his tail just kind of makes you um, kind of fall to one knee a little bit. So next round, you would uh, you would have a... Next round of combat, you'd have a setback. There, there you go. Cool. cool. Excellent. <laughs> well, there we go. And that was Advantageous Threats this week. That's it. So we inspired <laughs> each other off... Uh, Jamie off of each other. <laughs> well done, guys. Thanks for playing thank along. Thank you, gentlemen. <laughs> thank you for playing along. Thank you for guys. having us on. Yeah, thank you for having us. <laughs> All right. Yep. So we'll do. Um, let's uh, go ahead and end this thing. Then. Sounds good.
came up with something. Yeah, you came up with something. That's pretty good. I figured if I rest you, I'd get you going. All right, so so we're still recording. Great job, Stefan. That was that was wonderful. I knew throwing the gauntlet like that. That was nice. Yeah, he sent that to me. He sends that to uh, separately and says, "Don't tell Jamie what I put. I want to. I want to surprise him on the show." That's awesome. That's the new show Jaime one eye. Jaime one eye. Awesome. All right, so I'm going to give a quick shout out to a podcast on a network. I want to. Give a shout out to Mr. Mean, John Pollock. Mr. Mean. Mr. Mean speaks. He does he does reviews and interviews, all kinds of different things. He kind of rants for about 20 minutes to 60 minutes. I've seen a couple of his stuff go for over an hour there. But um, you he can find him on with YouTube. his fingers and points a lot. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> he's an old grognard like oh, us. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Um, and uh, he's, he's, got a, he's got a YouTube channel, and he's on um, G Plus on our Nerds International um, area mm-hmm. there. And uh, yeah, so yeah. you guys want to plug your show? Yeah, the RPG Brewery. Um, I do a live show every other Tuesday where I try to bring on some folks to do interviews. But um, now what? we're doing is uh one of the shows a month will be a patreon supporter um topic so the one we got coming up this week is uh resolutions and rpgs that are not dice so that's gonna be an interesting conversation but coming up two weeks after that on may 15th i believe it is let me double check what you're yeah may 15th i have tim cox and tim huckleberry coming on to the show to discuss you guessed it taranoth the exact book we were discussing tonight and if you look where it says credits you'll see their names right there on expansion design and development so this should be an interesting show katrina ostrander as well uh she was not gonna be able to make it no do we have a special guest on uh, tuesday's show some asshole named tony (laughs) (laughs) yep tony fanning will be joining us for that he'll, he'll make his first appearance on the show as someone i might agree with (laughs) <laughs> Someone you might not hang up on. <laughs> so make sure to check out the YouTube, uh, yeah, uh, the RPG Brewery on YouTube. Okay, yep. and Stefan? Uh, well, I've uh, recently, finally, did a little posting of my blog last uh, over the weekend, and uh, yeah, check it out. The Dragon's Toolbox. You can get the uh, the link on the uh, Nerds International with the hyphen Google Plus page. Sweet. Yep, and you can find us over there uh, at the Nerds International Google Plus page. You can find us on Facebook. You can email us at findingthenarrativepodcast at gmail.com. And you can listen to us anywhere where you listen to your podcasts, Podbean, iTunes, YouTube, so on and so forth. Thank you for joining us for the show, guys. We really appreciated you having here. Yeah, thank thank you very much for inviting me. Yeah, had a fun. Thanks so so much. It's awesome having you guys on. All right, so this is Tony saying keep rolling them bones. And this is Chris saying remember the root of a cool and just have fun, everybody. Have a good night. Night all. Night night. (laughs) 
Finding a Narrative podcast is not affiliated with or endorsed by any companies mentioned on this show. Any of the products mentioned on our show or appear on our website are the property and copyright of their respected owners. All items are used under fair use and educational and review purposes. All other items are the intellectual property of Finding a Narrative podcast. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved.